Well, hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> your attention, that's all. <laughs> My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, from news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think, live, and make decisions. But when everyone disagrees, how do we cut through the noise? How do we sift through all the information overload and choose what governs our lives? As we pray and process these things, we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Hello, Jeff Bogue. <laughs> Hello, Joe. Caruso. Uh, yeah, that didn't roll off the tongue the same <laughs> it way. It doesn't. No. <laughs> doesn't work. I really tried there. One of our uh, staff, uh, some of you might know who Serena is, she'll often call me Anthony because my first name's Anthony. She'll yeah. go, Anthony. And I'm like... I have no like formal way to like yeah, respond to you, right. Serena Thee. You know, like, just, yeah, that's <laughs> right. You know, it's funny. Like people have these names that there's like no formal pronunciation of them. Mm-hmm. It's like what's what's your name? Like uh, my name is Serena, or my sister's name is Sharon. Sharon. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's no Jeff Jeffrey. Nothing like that. Yeah, no Joe Joseph. Like yeah, because people will do that every once in a while. Joseph, and I'm like. Hey. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. That's how. That's how it rolls. Yeah. That's my mom right. always called me Jeffrey, and I'm like, my mom could do that. No one else can. But Heidi calls me Jeffrey when she wants my attention. Yeah. My mom had a nickname for me that I won't even repeat. I could not stand it. Oh, you don't want it out there. No. <laughs> I mean, it would be one of those things where like. It's like one of the few things that would probably actually like get my blood to boil. If All right, everyone. It, so. What I would like to do is I'd like for you to send in <laughs> what you think. Send in what you think Joe's nickname was. That's amazing. let's start a contest. Actually, this was not <laughs> planned. Um, but so, speaking of people sending things in, someone sent this in uh, just a couple of weeks ago. They said, "Hey, heard you guys talking about Fair to Midland." <laughs> Fair to Midland, yeah. <laughs> She said, I couldn't resist looking this up. It's fair to middling, like you're middling into something. Okay. Uh, and it's apparently, if something is middling, it isn't terrible and it isn't great. It's just mediocre. So you might describe your chances of beating your dad at tennis as middling. And this probably best defines where the phrase actually came from. So fair to middling uh, was like, it's from fair to average. It's like somewhere in between there. And it's, that's where it not happened. A, not if you're Clarence David Bogue, my father, is fair to middling. <laughs> You got to get a little southern. Yeah, you got to get a little bit southern. So thank you, Kathy, for taking a look at that and (laughs) uh, putting us putting us straight there. That's pretty awesome. And Kathy, my advice is I would not go investigate the rest of our word usage. You'll waste your life. Like there's there's a lot of hillbilly slick. She's like actually Jeffaroo came from. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. Well, Jeff, we have another uh, submitted question today, and um, actually, what's fun about this podcast, Jeff, is I honestly don't remember the last time we did a question that wasn't submitted. Yeah, I like it. So our listeners totally keep engaging, and and we absolutely love that, so thank you. Um, Today, our listener says, how do we approach different gender identities in the trans community? The ideas like adding litter boxes to school bathrooms, how do we show love to them? Are we supposed to accept them and their choices? So that's the end of their question. There's there's a whole lot to unpack there, and probably most of our listeners would start rattling off a lot of clarifiers. Like, well, what about this too, and how does that work? Yeah. But I think kind of the gist of this question, Jeff, is there's probably some folks out there regarding 
gender and the trans community that we say, I might disagree with what you're doing, but if we're supposed to love other people, yep. how, do, how, quote unquote, do we do that? Well, um, first of all, just as a, as a base of thinking, we are 100% supposed to love other people. And so everyone that um, uh, in our lives, whether they are the closest Jesus follower or the person who's furthest away from him, is to be an object of our love and our affection. Um, they're also to be people that we invite into our lives. And so even the idea that uh, I cut you off, I don't speak to you, I hate you, I pretend you don't exist, absolutely not. Mm. Um, When you look at Jesus, uh, Jesus loved and actually moved toward the people furthest from him. And the only time that, that you would remove community from someone uh, is someone who claims they are a believer and is living in open rebellion against God. Mm-hmm. And then uh, within the context of the church, there would be what we would often call church discipline. And Paul walks through uh, that, that there's divisive people, people who are in open rebellion against God, that the church confronts in love, appeals in love, uh, corrects in love, and if they refuse to respond, then actually in love we withdraw and, and community. And all of that is not in spite. That is all there to awaken someone. Mm-hmm. To God, God even says that he disciplines those whom he loves. That's right. So even in discipline, you're like, well, that's not loving. It's like, uh, actually... Yeah, 100%. Is. That God The dis- Bible says... It's not if you get in trouble. The Bible says God disciplines those he loves as sons or his mm-hmm. children. So every father and every mother, if they love their children, will bring about discipline. Mm-hmm. But the motive is love. The goal is correction. It's never spite. It's never political. And it's never even like cultural. Mm-hmm. Like you're doing something I don't understand and I hate you for it. Sure. So when we think about the trans community and and uh, the LGBTQ plus community, um, absolutely they should be a recipient of the love of Christ, the compassion of Christ, um, the empathy of of Christ. That is a non negotiable. E- even if you said, "But they are my enemy," Jesus would say, "Right, Christians love their enemy." Yep. Um, so there is there is no place where that is um, removed. If you're talking about do you look and say what you're doing is based on truth or not, that's a different conversation. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so one of the one of the things that's very hard for our culture today is our culture would say. If you do not accept me, slash affirm me, slash agree with me, you hate me. Yeah. And when you take that position, that you, if you do not accept me, affirm me, and, and agree with me, you hate me, what you do when you take that position in your life is you shut down all discourse and you shut down anyone's ability to speak truth into your life. And that language has arisen primary, primarily ar- uh, uh, around the lines of sexuality. Mm-hmm. 
that you cannot speak back to my sexuality, you cannot speak back to my identity, um, I identify as a different gender, I um, act on uh, maybe sexual behavior that, that does not honor God, all the way down the, this litter box thing, if you're unfamiliar with that, there's, there's uh, people that are identifying as like cats or animals, and they want to be interacted with that within school systems. And it, it's it's not an everyday thing, but it is kind of out there. And so the question has come up, can we put litter boxes in so they can use the restroom in those places? So when I, when I look at you and say, if you do not um, uh, agree with me, affirm me, and accept me, you hate me, I shut down all discourse and I shut down my willingness to hear truth. Hmm. And that is flowing around sexuality right now. So if I if I talked about this only in the context of sexuality, because that argument and that thought process is so predominant in our culture, many people, even listening to this, may say, right, hmm. you should affirm, you should accept, you should agree. If we take that as a thought process and a philosophy and just change the topic. Hmm. So let's make let's let's not make the topic sexuality. Let's make the topic addiction. And if someone looked at you and said, I am not an addict, and if you say that I am one, you hate me. Wow. I do not have a drinking problem. And if you say that I do, you hate me. Um, I, I, uh, I have chosen to normalize my behavior as an addict. And if you say that behavior is not normalized, you hate me. As soon as you change the topic and apply the same philosophy, you very quickly would look and say, well, that would be hateful of me, not loving. Sure. If I watch you destroying your life and you're in denial... I watch you normalizing destructive behavior, and, and I watch you having that destructive behavior become your identity. Uh, yeah, I just like to drink. As soon as I change the topic, it becomes hateful because the loving thing for me to do would be to speak truth into you, to hold you to a standard of truth. I don't drink that much. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. Like you've lost track of it. Um, it doesn't affect anybody. It's my that's my identity piece. Yet you're 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 blowing up your so I speak truth, I hold you to a standard of truth, and I counter the truth that you've decided to believe. What's interesting about that thought process, Jeff, is culturally, I think we would probably completely agree with you when it comes to addiction, but it's amazing how the person in addiction probably would say some of those things, like, you hate me, right? because you're, you're messing with me. I have some alcoholics in my family, and that is kind of how they react when we've tried to bring things yep. up. And they're like, why are you coming down on me so hard? Why are you messing with me? Don't you guys love me anymore? I mean, it's, it is that type of rhetoric that comes out of the addict's mouth. Um, but the rest of the community around them is like, no, we have to figure this out together. We have to approach this, yep. and it is going to be a hard road. Um, and so that that's a, a fascinating realization that we're walking down here. Yeah, and, you, and just uh, change the subject to school. Mm. So when I was a kid, 
I, I have a, uh, I have, I don't even know what it is to be honest with you. I have some kind of learning disability when it comes to like spatial math, algebra, that kind of stuff. I can't, I just can't do it or understand it. Never have been able to. So I remember as a child, I was struggling with math and I was like, I remember telling my mom, I can't do math. And she's like, yes, you can. Hmm. I am dumb. No, you are not. Wow. I'm a terrible student. That is not true. And my, my mother would not allow me to accept these falsehoods in my life or to make that my identity. Uh, you str- Math is harder for you. I mean, I'm, I have a doctorate, so if somehow I figured math out, <laughs> right? So math is hard for you is different than I can't do it. Yep. Um, I'm dumb is very different than I'm not good at everything. Sure. And I'm a terrible student is different than I struggle in a subject. Sure, yep. But that is a falsehood that bleeds into an identity. And my mother was like, you're not going to walk around telling yourself that you're a dumb kid the rest of your life because you will believe that lie and function in it. Mm -hmm. And because she confronted me, loved me, walked with me to the truth, uh, it it literally would have changed like the trajectory of my life if I had accepted that as my identity. So all you have to do is change the subject. Sure. Um, it, it, the per, uh, a person is a racist, and they say that they're not. You would you would be like, I'm confronting you. Yep. You're lying to yourself. Mm-hmm. I need you to see. It, it's per, predominantly in this area of sexuality that, that we are told you are, you are not allowed to do that. And, and what has happened is um, we have believed that we're not allowed to do that because it's hateful. And then what we'll do is we'll actually deeply distort Jesus' teachings hmm. that we should love one another, and we're told that that's hateful— so in the name of like honoring Jesus and wanting to be loving, we won't speak the truth. Right. And what I am very strong about is the scripture would say the opposite. Jesus loves me thoroughly, completely and perfectly, and he speaks truth to me thoroughly, completely and perfectly that I don't want to hear. But I I must hear, and, and my relationship with Jesus is based on my willingness to accept things about myself that I don't want to accept. So what happened, th- this reputation that the church is hateful and rejects people who aren't like them is well-earned. Sure, yeah, we've gotten We've gotten on soapboxes over yep. the years, and uh, if you have a sexual sin, that's the worst sin, especially <laughs> if, if it's same-sex attraction, so that is like the worst thing. And we don't talk about greed, and we don't talk about pride, and we don't we don't talk about gluttony, and we don't you know, and so we we have accepted some things, rejected some things, and that's why people feel accepted and rejected. Now I've watched it change in my lifetime. So when I grew up, when I was young, if you were divorced, you were the taboo person. Yeah, the church changed. 
if you were an addict, you were a taboo person, the church has changed. Um, if you struggle with same-sex attraction, you're the taboo church, uh, person. I think the church is changing. Changing does not mean leaving the truth. Mm. So we would still look and say, God hates divorce. And if you're talking about, like, I fell out of love and I don't like to be around him anymore, that's not an excuse. Let's work through that mm-hmm. and restore God's love. Uh, God hates addiction because it destroys. Mm-hmm. Don't be drunk on much wine. The Bible specifically forbids it. Sure. But if you're seeking to be sober, we love you and we're around you. But we're not. We're never going to look and say, ah, oh, just be kind of sober. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now in this area of sexuality, like, it's not a sin. Yes, it is. God approves of it. No, he doesn't. Well, the, the Bible, you're reading the Bible wrong. No, people have the people read the Bible accurately for thousands of years. You're just making it say what you want it to say now. Mm-hmm. So that's not what we're talking about. You hate me. No, I don't. Not at all. Yeah. And and you have a burden that I will bear with you, love you, help you, walk with you. The, the the losses, the, the scorn, the embarrassment, the uncertainty, the wounds, the I will be right here with you because I, I love you as a brother or sister in Christ, but I'm not going to pretend that that what is true is not true. Sure. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It's interesting as you kind of talk through those facets because one of the ways in which the church has accidentally reacted is this position that we don't need to change, only you do. Yeah. And, and the gospel um, actually... Which is, the, which is exactly what frustrates Christians about the other side. Sure. Yeah. There's always this idea that like, I have it right, you have it wrong, right. which never works because I don't 100% agree with anybody I, I, I have yet to meet a person that all the way down the line that like, man, we agree on everything. And therefore, if you disagree with me, you're wrong. And you have to change, by the way, not me. Um, and that's kind of how we tend to operate. But when we go down those pathways, like when we can share in the call that Christ has called us to repentance, that Christ has called us to something better out of our brokenness into healing, it's a whole different conversation than, hey, I'm, I got my act together you should probably change everything about you. That's a very, very different attitude. Do you remember that conference that um, our friend Scott uh, took some of us to about same-sex issues? And there was a survey at that conference that was really fast. It caught my heart. And I'm I'm not going to get the numbers dead on, but it was in like the 90th percent of um, people with same-sex attractions said we would go to a church community if we felt accepted there. Now, I want to... This is important. Everybody listening, you guys listen what I'm about to say. Turn up the stereo. (laughs) Acceptance in that content, in that context, did not mean agreement. Right. Sure. So it it was fascinating. Like, in that conference, that conference was for Christian people struggling with same-sex attraction. What they were saying was... I have a sin, and I have a struggle, and I have to hide it. If I could be open about my struggle, 
and not be the taboo person, I need the same help with my life and my relationship with Jesus that you do. I just have a different sin. Yeah, sure. And all you have to do is change the subject. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm addicted to alcohol. Well, this person's addicted to pornography. Well, I'm addicted to food. (laughs) And the, the biblical principles of freedom are all the same because it's about who has authority and ownership over my body. Yeah. But the alcoholic hides it. The porn guy really hides it. The food guy, nobody says anything. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's 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 that where where we as a church, and I'm just, I don't actually mean to criticize churches because I think we're also trying to figure this out, like the culture is. Sure. Um, but I mean, as a church, the question is. How do I love you and, and, and extend relationship to you, but not apologize for what God's Word says or wants? Because God's Word says and wants the exact same thing for me. Mm-hmm. It's playing out differently in your life. And then people will get into, well, what about America? I'm like, no, blatant rebellion against God is blatant. Like the, the couple living together, heterosexual. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about blatant rebellion against God. That is clear cut in the scripture. You address that with love and truth and everything we talked about. Right now, what I'm talking about is a person who says, I'm just being honest about my same sex attraction. I want to honor Jesus. Can you help me do that? Yeah. Right? I think that is a part, and and I think even here at Grace, that's what has changed a lot in the last few years, where raising your hand isn't automatically taboo, Mm -hmm. and a trust has been built that we will surround you regardless of your sin. We've never changed our position from the Scripture. The Scripture's straight up clear like it is on a bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. like it is for heterosexual issues. We're not talking at all about, but but it's a, it's a partnership because the church has to be clear on what the heart and the mind of Christ is, and then to be clear on what the Word of God says, as in all people, not just gay people or, or, or trans people, but like Jeff Bogue people, mm-hmm. every person has to be willing to receive what God says. Yep. Yep. And when we, when you are willing to receive what God says, and the church is clear about what God says, now we're just brothers and sisters trying to serve and follow Jesus. Yeah. You just struggle in a certain way. I struggle in a certain way. So I give you like just change the subject. Um, I I struggle <clears throat> with um, uh, food and like kind of being addicted to food. I stress eat, I happy eat, I do all that kind of <laughs> stuff, right? I do not struggle with generosity. Sure. I love giving people money and, and supporting my children in the church. I don't struggle with that at all, okay? Well, I have a brother or sister in Christ, and they're the opposite. They're like 2% body fat ultra marathoner. But they struggle with greed. I struggle with gluttony. Mm. It's the same struggle. Yeah. Who who do I belong to? Who am I trying to honor? So we're, 
you just change the subject. Mm-hmm. I struggle with same-sex attraction. You struggle with heterosexual attraction. It's the same thing if we're struggling to know and follow Jesus. Mm. If you're saying that's not what God says, I have to speak truth to you. Mm-hmm. And if the church is saying, I don't want to say what God says, then then the, the church is actually... Uh, not being faithful to the Lord. Sure. This kind of thing. I think of the one of the titles that God has in the scripture is the great physician. And I think of like when I go to the doctor, um, almost every time I go to the doctor, he's going to ask you to tweak something. You know, tweak what you're eating, tweak what you're doing, get some more exercise, blah, 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 blah. Sometimes that's exactly what I feel it is. Blah, 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 blah. I feel fine. Yeah. Get, you know, don't worry about it, doc. I'll be okay. And he's like, no, seriously, if you keep eating fried chicken, your cholesterol is going to kill you. Like, you know, and I'm like, no, I feel fine. I'm active. I do all these things. And then all of a sudden, if I find myself with heart issues, I'm like, well, what gives? And the doctor all along has been telling, like, the thing that you thought that was fine and wasn't hurting you, I'm telling you, is destroying you on the inside out. That might be one of God's greatest calls to addressing our sin, it might not seem like it's destroying you. It might not seem like yep. it's hurting everything. He's trying to show you that this is destroying your spirit. It's destroying you spiritually from the inside out. And it might be the long play. It might be the short play. He's trying to get us to turn toward yep. what's life-giving. And so is it going to take some discipline for me not to go through the Chick-fil-A drive through it is. It's going to take some discipline for me not to. Um, we've talked about this before. Like I'm not going to run after other women that I'm not married to that I find attractive. Yeah. It's going to take some discipline. And the more and more we run after those disciplines, the easier they get, even if those desires and temptations still exist, because I trust in the physician and the health and the life that he's calling me to. Yeah, and I and I would I would maybe add to that and take it even a. a a level deeper, th- that discipline comes from love. Yes. So the more I love the physician and know that I'm loved by him, the more I trust what he's mm-hmm. saying. And and that's what causes the discipline to be put in. So I, I'm, I'm disciplined uh, in my sexual drive mm-hmm. because I love my wife. Yep. Right? I just think this is I think it's a very important conversation and and I, I think I I would just say this to to everyone if, if you are same-sex attracted if you're struggling in this area um, or you know some of this I just want you to know that you're you're loved at Grace Church now we're not going to agree if if you want to know and love and follow Jesus and will live with abandon and lay down your life and take up your cross like Jesus commands every one of his disciples. I don't care what your sin is. I don't care if you're an addict. I, I don't care if you're a raging heterosexual. I don't care. Sure. Um, if you are struggling at Grace Church with any sin and you come to Grace, like to our teachings, our services, if if I never disagree with you, I'm not loving you hmm. because everybody's a sinner, the Bible says. So there's no way to teach the heart and the mind and the, and the truth of, of, of Jesus, and it, and it agrees with you. And I used to say this a lot. Uh, I used to say a lot, people don't come to church because they want to find God. They, wanna, they come to church because they have problems. Sure. 
and I've modified that statement in the last few years. And what I say now is people don't come to church because they want to find God. They come to church because they want to be agreed with. Yeah. I want to be told that I'm good, and I want to be told that I can be the best version of me, and I want to be told that God's going to prosper me. And I would just say, as lovingly as I can, is that that church is not loving you, and they're not being faithful to Christ. That Jesus disrupts and disagrees with me every day. And he's going to do that from my money to my pride to my sexuality. But he loves me. And, and what I can promise you here at Grace is that we're, we're going to do our best to love you and walk in love with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love you too much to not tell you the truth. Right. And that, it's interesting because the Scripture says that, right? So in, in uh, 2 Timothy, in chapter 4, it says, For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They'll find, they will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. Yeah, and it's a time of judgment when that happens. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't think we're perfect. Um, I don't think we've ever claimed to be. I think we want to love people. And, and go through life with them, and I think that's messy. Um, I don't think we're blown and tossed by the wind, um, but, but I think that um, I think it's difficult to love. And I'll be honest with you, uh, if, like if you're listening to this and you're trans or you have a kid that is, like it's confusing. Sure. So, so I, but our whole culture is confused, mm-hmm. right? I didn't say it was unclear what God says. I said it was confusing to how do I love, yep. and and how do I build that relationship? And so, what I one of the points that is not confusing is I love you with truth, and expressing that and journeying with that and kind of living in that, sometimes that's confusing, but that's like what we're committed to. It is not loving to withhold truth, and it is not loving to retract or withdraw it. And and here at Grace, um, our commitment is that we will never do that. We will teach God's Word, um, but also try to express Jesus's heart in the process. That's awesome. As we wrap up, I actually want to hearken back to our two last episodes. Two episodes ago, we talked a lot about what about folks that have never heard about Jesus, and we talked a little bit about this idea of no-brainer moments. When mm-hmm. do we share the truth with people? Yep. And in our last episode, we talked about the effectiveness of prayer and the and how prayer is about connecting with the heart of God, seeking what the Father wants, and aligning with that. And if we are praying about those in our life that are navigating their gender identity or find themselves a part of the trans community, praying, connecting with the heart of God, how can I best love them, engage them, talk with them? Can you give me a no-brainer moment to talk with them and engage them? That's probably going to go a whole, whole lot farther than just trying to make sure you get your point across. There's also um, uh, our Collective Young Adult Ministry has a podcast. It's called Collective Young Adult Ministry. (laughs) Um, uh, Our Pastor Josiah did uh, some teaching on this. It was very, very good very helpful. I encourage you to listen to that. There's also another uh, podcast I do called Momentum Ministry Partners Podcast, and uh, that's written, or that one is a podcast to parents and youth leaders. We've talked about this several times. So there's there's a ton out there that I hope is helpful. 
um, because I know if this is if this is a part of your life that that um, I think you know I read this question I'm like this is somebody trying to love somebody yeah and just not sure how to do it and I think that's part of what we try to spur on in each other as a church family that's awesome well if you would like to submit questions. Maybe it's a follow-up to this or a different topic that you'd like us to address. You can always do that at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. And if we can connect with you and help you take any unique next steps, maybe it's to figure out how to love and engage someone a little bit more deeply, or maybe it's to start to discover how does God want to interact with you if you find yourself in the middle of these questions. Uh, Reach out, let us know. We'd love the journey along with you towards Christ. If you like what you're hearing and want to hear more of it, make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, and review our podcast. And if you're looking for a community of people that's striving after Jesus, you can always join us here in person at Grace or find us online. Well, thank you so much for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. See you next time.